This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live's Ted Keenan on behalf of the Border Car Chamber of Business Business Competition is talking to Andrew Wiseman, the Managing Director of the Own Haven Housing Association. Andrew, you have a reputation for caring for the underdog. When were you aware of this deep-rooted passion? Ted, it's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Um, I actually studied and qualified as a civil engineer and upon graduation moved to East London from Cape Town. And I was fortunate to be employed by the railways at that stage and was able to achieve my professional registration status and then took up a position as housing engineer with the then East London Transitional Local Council. Later on, as a career developed, I, ended, I ultimately became the Reconstruction and Development Program Manager, which looked to uh, guiding and managing significant government investment in the redevelopment of primarily Duncan Village, but also in Tanzania. Through that investment and engagement at a very much community level, specifically with Duncan Village, I truly developed an understanding of the plight of the, of the communities, of the dead-end street that they were finding themselves in through, in fact, no doing or actions of their own. So upon reflection of those needs and my skills, I quickly recognized the direct correlation between me being able to apply my skills to then in a very meaningful way make a positive impact on the, on the lives of those very people that I was trying to help. And how did the opportunity to set up Unhaven in South Africa materialize? Ted, as RDP manager, I was also tasked with looking after the special projects of the municipality, and one of these included facilitating the establishment of social housing as a, as a mechanism in those early days within a city context. I think it's important to note that at that stage there was a very clear political mandate from the city fathers to look to uh, establish social housing, which was underpinned in turn by the twinning arrangement between the city of Leiden and the Netherlands and historically East London municipality. So with the introduction of social housing and my facilitating that, the first project was to establish our sister organisation, the Hale Housing Association, and then, second to that, I then sought to facilitating the setup of Own Haven with other Dutch support partners who come to town. And ultimately, in 2002, those Dutch counterparts persuaded me to leave the municipality to then establish Own Haven Housing Association. And is it unfair to describe Own Haven as a property development and management company? Because it is more than that, isn't it? Yeah, I think the nail on the head. I think while operationally, yes, you, we are technically a property development and management structure. I argue that we, I like to see us as being very much more than just a landlord. The um, literature on Unhaven talks about reinvesting in target community development programs to ensure that the complex is a safe and a home for the residents. How does one go about the reinvesting aspect of that? We, we aim to create homes rather than houses, and that's a nuance on the word there. 
So really what we're looking to do is through our targeted community development initiatives, we're really aiming at our tenants as our, as our beneficiaries to look to enhance their lives beyond just a, a roof over their heads. So we do this through initiatives such as sports programs for the youth, homework and reading classes in the afternoons, recognizing a lot of the kiddies are coming home from school, possibly with mom and dad still at work. And then as, as an outlier in, in our Cape Town development, we find a significant number of pensioners. So there we've, been, we've started a bingo program to try and engender their interaction with each other to try and create a sense of community. On, on the other hand, we're also looking to stretch our reach. So we, in fact, support and run three soup kitchens, providing meals to our neighboring communities, and in that way, trying to stretch our positive tentacle beyond just creating our island of excellence. And in that way, Ted, we're really looking to ensure that our complexes are able to, to fulfill the mandate of being a well-managed, safe place that starts to offer access to amenities and opportunities for our, for our tenants. So if the kids are on the street, it's probably because they're playing cricket rather than getting up to nonsense. Quite right, quite right. So in each complex we have a, a building supervisor who's resident within that specific community. Their primary focus being to get to know the tenants, getting to know who they are as both residents and members of the community and seeing to uh, encouraging the interaction and participation in those programs. As you rightly say, getting the youth to, to participate, be it netball, be it soccer, uh, to become involved with their, with their fellow um, residents of the, of the schemes. The um, mandate, for want of a better word, seems to flow all the way down to your staff. How do you accomplish put their participation in community programs? Ted, I think talking to our staff, we really recognise the importance of, of highly skilled and committed staff, uh, committed to their work function, also committed to the organisation. So to foster their development, on the one hand, we offer staff development and training, such as bursary schemes, uh, for them to further their studies, as well as remuneration policy that talks to us offering competitive salaries. But then touching on your point, I really, as one of the KPIs of our staff, they are encouraged to adopt and participate actively in at least one community development initiative that we are providing for our residents. And in that way, really fostering a sense of belonging and participation of our staff members in being part of fulfilling the overall company objectives. What started as basically an East London initiative has spread out. Where else are you chaps operating now? And where else will you be operating? Ted, we currently have a portfolio of 2,500 units, roughly 1,000 in East London, 1,000 in Port Elizabeth, and most recently launched our office in Cape Town with the completion of our first uh, 432 units there. So that's in terms of our current portfolio. We've recently, in fact, beginning of September, started construction with our phase two in Cape Town of a further 659 units, which coincidentally will make Cape Town our biggest region. And in terms of our further growth opportunities and pipeline, we've secured several uh, development rights in the Southern Cape area, namely Jeffreys Bay, Mossel Bay, and George, where we're busy 
packaging our uh, current opportunities there. And then also very excited to mention that we recently won a competitive bid uh, with the city of Cape Town to secure a very central, uh, centrally located site just off Fortrecker Road in Cape Town, where we're looking to develop a further 190 units. So very much part of uh, an active pipeline is how we see ourselves developing over the next few years. With your funding coming from Holland, the brand's yo-yoing must have been a challenge for you. How, how have you managed to cope with that? Did you correct? In our early setup stages, we were we were underwritten and we received an operational grant from our Dutch partners. But then, as you rightfully say, when we go back to I think it was around 2014, 2015, when the Rand Euro really uh, went for a tumble. And we own haven found itself in a solvency as well as a going concern challenge, literally threatening to be the viability of the business. So at that stage, after some failed negotiations with uh, the intermediary structures, uh, our, the CFO and myself literally contacted the Dutch guarantors who'd come on board to underwrite the loans that we'd accessed in zero-denominated loans. And in that fashion, they were equally exposed. So we literally had very transparent declarations of where we were. Uh, if they so wished, they could come and collect the box of keys in East London. Or alternatively, as we then ultimately agreed to, we emptied our pockets, so to say, as an organization, and they in turn stepped up to the plate and honored some of their guarantees to allow us, as a South African-based entity at that stage, converting those loans to RAND-denominated and instruments, and in fact, severing ties financially with the Netherlands. We're then able to restart the organization financially uh, and build from a zero base to where we now find ourselves in a, in a secure financial position. And just a summing up question, you have a target of moving from 2,500 units to 5,000. What's the strategy with that? We need to always remember as a reference point that we are not for profit company. So with that means we don't have shareholders who are, who are stripping our dividends. So are we looking to generate services that we can plow back into our investment, into our community, into our target markets. So through that, from a financial strategy point of view, we see the wisdom in growing our pipeline, as you rightly say, towards 5,000 units in the in, within the next five years, which in turn then will see to our long-term financial sustainability and ability to realize reserves, which we will be using in three, three different ways. One is to start injecting an equity contribution into our new developments. Secondly, and importantly from a longevity point of view, to be putting real cash reserves aside for our, our long-term maintenance plan. And as I say, finally, then just to ensure liquidity within the organization, recognizing the dynamics of our economy, possible downturns, possible political instabilities, which might have, a, have implications on our residents' ability, tenants' ability to, to honor their rental commitments. We, I must say, even through our COVID times, we were honored to see the manner in which they really went to the nth degree to try and honor their, their lease commitments to us. Andrew Wiseman, it's been a pleasure talking to you from Dispatch Live and from Border Car Chamber of Business. Well, good luck with the competition. Thank you very much, Des.